Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Midweek War. We are here to talk Impact Wrestling. I, of course, am Mad Mike. Y'all know who I am. And with me, back again, as always, is the voice of Inspire Pro Wrestling, Eamon Peyton. How are you, sir? Huh. <laughs> I, I didn't watch Impact. Well, no, I did watch Impact last week. I didn't get to review Impact last week. Um, so I got things to say. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into this week's episode, Eamon, you saw Delete or Decay. Uh, I did. Tell, tell uh, Tell tell us a word story. What you thought about it? A word story. Um, I didn't like it. Um, it's 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 a lot of my opinions on on um, the final deletion. It's a lot of my same opinions. I didn't find the final deletion super funny. Like like if, if you go back and listen to my review of the final deletion that I did on here, like I didn't find it super funny. Like there was a couple moments where I chuckled, and other times I'm just like, I, I felt like they were trying too hard, and okay. and again I felt like they were trying too hard. Okay, but um, Eamon, there's there's one there's one part you have to give them credit. What's that, Joseph Park? I'll give them credit. Come on, come on! I just don't get this anymore. He even said "Mi Hermano Abyss" and did the thing. Come on! But you have to give them that. You have to give them that. I just don't get what they're doing anymore. Like. Like and I'll get I'll go with, I'll also talk about it on on this week's stuff, but like I don't get what they're doing anymore. Like, it, but that's also because they're just doing stuff to do it. Like they're just doing it to be funny. Like like fine, you know. I was I was like, cool. I miss Joseph Park. Like I remember like lo- loving Joseph Park and thinking he was amazing. So from that from a guy who missed like 2012 TNA, which is weird. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was cool. Just the stuff of like Jeff fighting the kangaroo and them naming the spot monkeys the um, the, young bucks. the bucks of you the bucks of youth like like we get it like we get it you're just trying to go viral again and it's yeah it doesn't no, care I hey, mean you don't watch Game of Thrones do you. I don't. You you explain this to me. Yeah, that that's what this is. This is Game of Thrones. I mean, they're yeah. even calling themselves House Hardy at this point. Yeah, like, I I I, I, I actually no. The one credit I'm going to give to this uh, is go, goes to King Maxwell. Um, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> the, he was being carried out of his own home by a woman covered in face in demonic face paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, with his mother nowhere in sight, and he was still straight faced King Maxwell. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> Hashtag prop baby. I don't know how they did that. Hashtag like the... prop baby. Well, uh, see, I. All right, and this is just me. TNA. Um, I've addressed you several times before. I, I, I want to point out that I've never. I, I. I I've never asked for merch from you guys before. I'm going to ask for one thing. Okay? And this is something that I want. I think they can do. And it will sell a boatload. Okay? This is a free idea I'm giving you guys. Free idea. I'm not asking for credit. I'm not asking for monetary compensation. You need to do 
an entire DVD of this Hardy stuff. Lump it all together. Make it a, like, everything that you've aired. Make it be a story. Do it, do it like Dr. Horrible, where it's like acts. I'm okay with that. That's fine. But, and that's not what's going to be the seller. The seller is deleted scenes and behind-the-scenes stuff. Right. I, I, I would pay to see the behind-the-scenes. Because of- I, I want to see Rosemary holding Maxwell before they film the scene and calling him down. Like, yeah, yeah. in her face paint, just like, oh, aren't you the... Like, I want to see this. Right. I want to see the changes in costume. I want to see Senior Benjamin learning how to drive that forklift. I want to see a lot of stuff. I want to see the thought process. Like, as you're... Oh, and, to- oh, oh, yeah. Director's, the thought ha- director's commentary. Well, not just director's commentary, but, like, in deleted scene or, or bloopers or extras or whatever, like, the thought process... Because it has to have been, like, as they were shooting stuff, being like, do you think me saying this will get this amount of retweets? Because, like, clearly that's what they're doing. Like... Like, I I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think they have like a not the base, not the first not the not the first time. I think they have like a base plan going in. There were a couple. Wasn't there like a time or something where like in this in the Delia Decay where like I think either Matt or Jeff almost cracked or something. Oh like, yeah. Oh Jeff. Jeff was losing it during the kangaroo stuff. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Jeff was absolutely losing it during the kangaroo stuff and during the giraffe stuff too. Yeah. Like and and that's the stuff we want to see. Like just completely Fabe. I don't care anymore. I yeah. want a delete I want a whole DVD of this. I want I want commentary from Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Jeremy Borash and special guest the reason this whole thing went viral. Our friend Jess <laughs> she no, I'm. I will guarantee you, they were not planning on doing anything else with this until she got uh, Mahari, the Mahari piano gimmick memed everywhere. No, I, I yeah, guarantee it. it. I yeah, it just I want to see because it's it's like jackass. Like it's uh, honestly, no one can No one's interested in this because it's a well developed story. At this point, at this point, I, you know what? I'm actually, I'm actually coming around to where the story is. Oh come on! No, the, it's because I've watched Game of Thrones, and because it's I find no, Amen, Amen. I'm telling you, if you watch Game of Thrones, it makes slightly more sense because oh. Matt Hardy um, had a prophecy that he may have just like wherever he, but because he said it out loud, it became a self fulfilling prophecy. And if you I, look at it, if you look at it in that context, like if Matt Hardy had never said that out loud, de- like the whole decay stuff might never have happened. They might have just well, had regular the, matches. Well, no, but I understand that. But like the middle stuff is like what screwed this whole thing up. The whole like, and we talked we talked about it, well, we won't go too into it. Like the the whole obsolete Jeff Hardy stuff. Oh yeah, middle, no, no, in, yeah, that, in the no, middle. I'm talking this as a complete narrative from start to finish mm-hmm. is fucked. It's not coherent. It's not. They, I think they changed direction midstream because they really. Oh, yeah. Get... You think? <laughs> well, no. Like, they changed it from Matt versus Jeff Hardy 
to they and I'll give them credit. They realized Jeff Hardy was always going to be cheered. They realized Jeff Hardy was always going to be cheered, no matter how much they tried to break him down. The point was never to boo him, though. No, but but what I'm saying is, like, the Jeff Hardy of it all was always going to be there, regardless of whether Matt was in the ring or not. So, they turned Matt. They turned Matt to make the reaction make sense. I guess. I... Because you can't you can't have a crowd chant Hardy, Hardy, when the guy they're supposed to be cheering is named Brother Nero. I don't think that's what they're I think no, I think that I think you can obviously explain that. Because the whole idea is that he's he has stripped Jeff of the Hardy name. They still view him as a Hardy. Like you can uh, you if you're a good commentator and you're a good storyteller, oh, okay. you can eat yeah, you can easily explain that. Because to me, I don't know. It's just the, at least in the beginning concept, it was Matt stripped Jeff of everything. Jeff is obsolete. Jeff is not what he used to be. The crowd loves Jeff Hardy. Whatever I want to say about Jeff or his ability, TNA crowds always love him. Like, but they had you know, they whatever. had to make Jeff do nefarious things, and Jeff wasn't doing that. Like they stripped him of his name and everything, but he wasn't. I think if he had been if he had been more... this broken character right away, where he was screaming obsolete and delete and everything like that. I think it would have gone off a little bit better. I think it's I, I think it's my that's my thing. I think it's less about they didn't get the reaction from the crowd they wanted. I think they changed direction because Jeff Hardy didn't want to play. Perhaps. He didn't want to actually do anything that would make him be obsolete. Because, be it, because it probably would have impacted his merch. He sense. just wanted he just want he just wanted to be darker Jeff Hardy with white contacts. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably that's my issue. Yeah, okay, I can see. Jeff it. didn't Jeff didn't want to Jeff didn't want to commit to anything. Yeah, like because because the I, guy who we, plays Reek on Game of Thrones, which is basically what this whole um, brother Nero thing is about, like that guy is beaten the fuck down. We've said it before on the show. They should have shaved his head. That yep. he should have wore a black singlet, no makeup, mm-hmm. and just been, you know, Jeffrey Nero. Yeah, because like the the uh, the music was a great idea. I don't really necessarily like Rebby singing it, but the music where it's just obsolete. But Jeff is singing it. But Jeff is singing it, and he just looks like Jeff Hardy. Yeah. He looks like the variant Jeff Hardy action figure. Like he, <laughs> he, he, he looks like the stripped down Mattel basic Jeff Hardy with none of the accoutrement. Right. Like, oh, he's got white contact lenses in his eyes. Who cares? Yeah. Like, but uh, all right. Uh, okay. So let's, let's get into beyond this. Let's talk, I'm going to talk about this. Show. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. I will get into my word first. Um, my word is going to be. Gimmicks, <laughs> gimmicks. Because, I think I know. What, I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, you'll. Because spoiler alert, Eamon didn't get to see all of Impact tonight. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna paint him a word picture. Okay, cool. Um, so Eamon, what will be what will be your word for tonight? Uh, my one word for uh, TNA this week is classic. Oh, that that could be really good or really bad. Okay. <laughs> It's it, uh, it's the it's one of those that's yeah that's that's fair okay um so my good for this week and I'm going to the fucking Hardys man I really 
And I'm going to give myself and Matt Carlin's credit because we called this last week. We figured out what the lake is. And um, because Jeff Hardy, Brother Nero, last week got hit with Janice. Like, actually hit with the nails of Janice, which is something we've wanted them to do forever. Which I assume he died. Um, He was very heavily injured, which makes sense. Makes sense, because you wouldn't like unless he got hit in the head, you wouldn't die from that. You'd have multiple puncture wounds. You could die from that, you, but like you I, could. But the way that you, you have a you have a better chance. But like, yeah, but but the way they did, you have a really big ouchie. Yeah, <laughs> and he was bleeding out. So Matt brought him into uh, the Lake of Resurrection, and <laughs> it was really good. Um, Matt called upon the seven deities, which is again another Game of Thrones thing, very easily. This is the Jon Snow gimmick all over again. And he dunked Jeff Hardy like it was a freaking baptism. And Eamon, do you know what came out of the lake? I, I read what came out of the lake. Corporate Jeff Hardy. Com- from, from the immortal days. From the immortal days, complete with the ugly ass face championship belt. It was like, awesome. It was awesome. I, I'm I'm, I'm going to give them my good just from that perspective because I, I honestly I couldn't think of another good on Impact this week, so I'll just give it to them. Um, so like, so they so they have a magic lake now. Like, it's gimmick lake. It's gimmick lake. But the best thing is when Jeff Hardy comes out as corporate Jeff Hardy with the belt. Matt's like, no, this is not the incarnation I need. And he dunks him back in the fucking water. <laughs> he dunks him back in the fucking water. Uh, and no, no, Eamon, I'm, I know you didn't see this. You have to see it in action. It works. It absolutely works. As It's really great. So, so, we're, so that's also supposed to explain when Jeff went in the first time came out as Willow. Yes. And when Abyss went in and came out as Joseph Park. Absolutely. Here's the thing. Like, Absolutely. Like, because we thought it was weird the first time when Jeff came out as Willow from the lake. I'm like... It just didn't make sense. It didn't make any sense. But then they did it with Abyss, and then Matt Collins and I, when we talked about it, we're like, oh, it's the former gimmick lake. Like, <laughs> like we were waiting, because we even joked that, like, they were going to have to, like, have have dunk Matt Hardy like the whole end of this is that someone's going to dunk Matt Hardy in the former gimmick late and he comes out as V1 and Jeff Hardy comes out as the guy who jobbed to Scott Hall on Raw in 95 mm. like like I don't think that was their maybe I'm wrong maybe they're creative geniuses or whatever um, I don't think they were, that was their original idea because I think they literally just did this like they did the did the first few times and it was just convenient, and they're like, "Yeah, this is the this just doesn't make sense. We're just doing it because it's weird." And they're like, "What if we just say it's magic?" Uh huh. Yeah, like I, I've the first time with the final deletion probably wasn't in the in the back of their heads, but I think doing the Joseph Park thing was very deliberate. I think that I think that Maybe. was very deliberate, and like because like they had to explain away how willow suddenly emerged from the lake and if you if you base it off of that 
it makes all the sense in the world. I don't like that Matt's magic, though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. And But, hey, you know what? I will give them credit to... for trying something. I, I understand that. It's just, again, I'm going to be a stickler. Like, it never was about that Matt was magic. Nope. It wasn't. A, it was just that he got he went crazy mm-hmm. and wanted to kill his brother and strip him of his identity. Yep. But now he's got a magic leg that transforms gimmicks. Now he can catch poison mist in his mouth and spit it back. <laughs> like, when were they just like when like because it started as an honest to goodness. Whatever I think about TNA, find like wrestling character like oh he's gone crazy because of the title like he it, the title drove him crazy big money Matt drove him crazy and now he wants to get rid of Jeff and now he's just magic <laughs> and Eamon, I didn't even tell you how he revived Vanguard one <laughs> he didn't dip him in the lake though right no oh god if he did. <laughs> If he did Vanguard 1 in the lake and out came Shannon Moore, I would have lost my damn mind. Well, no, because well, no, I read it. I read, like, he prayed to the seven deities or whatever again. Yeah, and he yeah. held his hands over it, and you saw flashbacks of Vanguard 1 playing chess with Senior Benjamin. Oh, my God. No, Eamon, Eamon, I'm telling you, it's amazing. Like, even I, I'm fine with Vanguard 1 in the sense that like Je- he's big money mad, so he bought a drone that like can like do that kind of stuff. A that self-aware drone, a self-aware drone. And it's not that Vanguard One is magic. Like, fucking- no, no, no. Vanguard One isn't magic. But uh, sorry, it just goes to my point of like the point was never that Matt was magic. No, I know, I know, and that got changed midstream. Uh, I. Let's stop I, talking about this. It's okay. Little, all right. I I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's my good for right. this week too because there's nothing else. It's okay. That's fair. Um. So uh, we'll go to my bad this week. Oh, where to start? Um. <laughs> I'm I'm. The grand championship. Damn it! That's gonna be mine. That, all right. You know what? I'll I'll pick another one. You can talk about it. Um. Okay. My bad. I will go to Gail fucking Kim. No, actually, no, no. You know what? Screw that. I'm going to save that for my change. My bad. <laughs> Trust me, there was not a lot to like on Impact this week. Um, my bad is going to go to um, uh, Lashley. Actually, Moose. Moose is my bad this week. Okay. Because uh, Moose came out and confronted Lashley. Because Lashley's saying, you know, he's the best man on the planet, whatever. He beat up Grado really easily. And uh, Moose came out and he said, hey, you know what? Bet you can't beat me. Because you've never faced me before. I knocked your ass out, like, the first time I saw you. And Lashley was like, you know what? All right. I'll, I'll give you credit. But I'm a big fight guy. And now that I've taken out EC3, I don't have an opponent for Bound for Glory. So how about you and me, Bound for Glory? I'm like, well, that's interesting. Side note, side note, if Moose had did that to Drew Galloway when he was champion, Drew would have given him immediately a title shot. <laughs> immediately. Immediately. Um, but, see, here's where Moose is the idiot and why it's bad. Moose is like, alright, alright, I can, I, you know, I'm with you, I'm a businessman, I can, I can do that. 
And then he just turns around and says, I can't wait that long. And he goes after Lashley. I'm like, motherfucker, he just offered you the pay-per-view main event, which probably meant there was a title on the line. Instead, you'll take a fight that means nothing. Yeah, it's it's weird. That's weird. Like that would make sense for any character other than Moose. Yes, because Moose is a prize fighter, just like not Lashley. Like is. Eddie Edwards, totally makes sense. DJ Z, if DJ Z came out and said, and and Lashley's like, hey, you know what? Fine, we'll fight a Bound for Glory. And DJ Z's, no, you insulted the X Division. I want this now, and he attacks him. That would make sense. Side note, from what I read, DJZ, not on the show. No, no, but he's been on the show the past couple weeks. I'm okay with that. He just won the belt, though. Yeah, but he's been on the show the past couple weeks. He's to build to win the belt, but like, yeah, but they didn't have. They had two of the tournament matches this week, so I'm I'm letting that slide because you don't have to have everyone on every week. You don't have to, and plus, I think with the oh god. I forgot about one whole match that I didn't even put in the description, and we'll talk about it afterwards. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Eamon, we'll, we'll, what's your bad? My bad is the Grand Championship. Um, I watched the first Grand Championship match last week. I didn't get to review it on the show, obviously. Um, so it's just the Cruiserweight Classics, but, like, worse. Um, so it's just that, right? It's not. It's it's, not. it's very similar. It's not because um, of the rounds and the judges. The rounds and the judges are the only different things. It's it's the brawl for all. But like they do the they literally steal the um, and I know they do this in UFC, but they the cruiserweight classic was happening when they were filming this, so you know screw it. They they do the whole thing afterwards where they raised each other's hand and stuff like that. Like it, it's just, I think I feel like it's, it comes off as just a rip off of that. And, and, and even if we're looking at it from like the rounds point of view and like the whole, you know, that kind of stuff, th- their only selling point of this whole thing is it's different. And I'm sorry, that's not a reason to do something. And, and I don't want to see, I, cause here's the thing. I don't want to see matches, or not even MMA-style matches, but MMA rules to wrestling matches with guys like Drew Galloway and Aaron Rex. Like, I don't... Those guys aren't... Why are they competing in in matches of three rounds that are judged by judges? Well, I, I'm okay with them trying something different. I'm okay with that. I, with don't, the- I don't like the concept. At least with the brawl for all, that's when you had a time in WWE where you had a lot of you had Ken. Sh- he wasn't a brawl for all. You had a lot but of you, tough guys. But you had Ken Shamrock. You had Dan Severn. They were bringing um, uh, Doctor uh, Death. Uh, Doctor Death, and you had guys like Bradshaw. You had guys like Godfather who had a, a boxing bra- and uh, background. Barkun also had a boxing background. They had honest to goodness MMA backgrounds, or they were tough guys like Hawk or. Um, Hardcore Holly was you know, in it. People who are, I think Hardcore Holly was in it, or, or supposed tough. Like one of the DOA was in it. At least you're supposed to believe that they're tough because they're bikers. Right. Like <laughs> you know, like just have X division wrestlers and Drew Galloway and Aaron. Like 
Damian Sandow was wrestling in these kind well, of matches. Okay, I, and I understand that. Like, they, they don't have a they don't have a big roster, so I'm okay with that. And Damian uh, Aaron Rex cut a promo like, and he said, "If anyone who knows me knows, I take whatever someone gives me, I make it good." So I'm okay with that. But here's my problem. He didn't make it. No, good. no, 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 no. It wasn't even that. His match was fine. You can't promote something different if all of the outcomes are the same. Because every match in this thing so far has ended in a pinfall. Every single match. I'm also confused by some because because there at this point there is no reason for the judges. There are no reason for the rounds. Right now you're just doing a tournament. There, there have been no judges' decisions. There have been no submissions. It's just been pinfalls. I'm confused also because I've just read the result. I read the results for this week. Um, they said Aaron Rux won the first round based off of points. Like, is are the judges deciding the rounds, or are these the or is the, it just points? The judges. It, it's like boxing. The scoring is like boxing. Like um, okay. it's a ten point system per round, and they don't they don't tell you how you earn points. No, uh, there was like, like three. There was like three, yeah, but they, they don't they don't like, tell you how you earn points. They, they say, don't like they say what the judges look for. They don't say like th- they, he did specifically this. No, like ag- so they, it's point. like aggression, um, control of the match, and. And, yeah, and like damage, or so, damage or something like that. Like, like very, very vague. It's always like a score of ten nine. It's always like a score of ten nine to someone like boxing. Yeah. But um, and what they do is at like after each intermission, they show like what the judges say who won each round, and they do okay, they do they announce have- it. They do announce it too. But like I said, none of that fucking matters. Right. None of that has mattered because none of these matches have gone to a judge's decision. Right. And I I understand that, you know, people don't want to go to a judge's decision because, you know, that's in the hands of the judges. It's out of your own hands. But that's the point of doing a fucking tournament like this. That is the ever-loving point of it. Like, if you don't have that, just have matches. Then you're just having matches with like weird stuff in between. Yeah, weird like, stoppages, which yeah. doesn't help the flow of the match at all. At all. Um, but like, yeah, it's right. And and, and I don't mind to see Danny and Cena wrestling those type of matches or Drew Galloway. That doesn't matter to me. It, like, it Eddie really had, lessened, Eddie were, it lessened his in ring debut. I'll say that. Or Mahabali Shira. Like, Shira's wrestling MMA style matches now. No. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're not even really MMA style like, matches. They're not because there's regular, like there's people match. flying off the top rope and stuff. Like the, the, it's not MMA style matches. It's boxing style scoring. Yeah, that's what it is. Like it's boxing style bra- scoring. I, at least with the brawl for all, and I can't believe I'm saying this that TNA is doing something worse than the brawl for all. Um, uh, at least with the brawl for all. You got points for, for like what you did in the ring. For like shots to the head, takedowns, 
specific things mm-hmm. to where if downs, yeah, if to where if you pay close enough attention, you can count the points. Mm-hmm. And they even announce it like the announcers said, "Oh, that's a takedown. That's two points." Or, "Oh, wow, he got knocked down. That's one point right there." Like you can add this up, and you can actually book it. Like this is just a match. They're not. They're not taking the rounds into the account. They're not taking the judges into account. They may think they are, but I mean, if every match is going to end in a pinfall, I'm sorry. You have to have at least one or two judges' decisions, and yeah. you have to because that's how you build story within it. Like you can say, well, like, well, I, I would be totally okay with Aaron Rex winning every match he had in this by judge's decision. And Drew Galloway can say, oh, well, what are you doing? You won every match by the judges. They're in your pocket. Like, that's the story. That is the story here. It is one-on-one booking. That's also my issue with it, though, is that the only story is Drew Galloway, Aaron Rax. And do you honestly think there's going to be any final to this other than Drew Galloway, Aaron Rax? Absolutely not. Yeah, that, that's that's entirely accurate. The only story here is those two. This is just a no means to an end. Tournament. Yeah, no one else in this tournament has a shot. It's just a means to an end to get them to fight for some for a belt that they just made up. Yeah, like uh, I don't know. It's just it's just bothersome. All right. Um, also, or, or go ahead with your. Oh no, change. no. I, I was I was going to move change. on to my change, but if you have anything else, no, no. You you go first. Okay. Um. So my change, Gail Kim. I come back to this every week, and I love that you're doing um, this while stroking your head with that Bailey headband. It's very yeah, fitting. Uh, I'm I'm trying to ins- because honestly, um, TNA has something with Allie. They do yeah. genuine crowd reaction. They did the Allie face turn well, like really, really well. Better than anything I've seen them do in the knockouts division for years. They got they got a new person actually over. Yeah. Which is, you know. They, not, and, and someone who's an actual face. An actual face. Not just someone who is against the heels. An actual by God face. Like yeah. they haven't done they haven't done stuff this good since Taryn Terrell. Uh, was f- first formed the dollhouse, and that seems like a lifetime ago. I was gonna say like for, I, I thought I was gonna say like when she was first like fighting her way out. Well, but yeah, that a- too. But when she when she was the knockout champion, she decided she needed help to start to like she did the CM Punk turn. She started okay, champion yeah, as yeah. a face and then yeah. turned into a heel. As far as turns go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this alley thing is working. TNA, like, listen. To your audience for once. No one cares about Gail Kim anymore. She is going in the Hall of Fame. She is your stalwart in the not she is John Cena. She's John Cena. And the reason John Cena is so over right now is because he spent two years away from being champion. And he has better matches. He was doing other th- well, match quality aside. No, no, match quality well, aside. Has- He's had different matches than he's had for the last five years. Okay, yes. Kind of okay, that. yeah, yeah. But Gail, Gail Kim has this. I'm sorry. Gail Kim has the same match time. She does. She has the mm-hmm. same match. I've seen it all before. Like, she doesn't break out. She's, yeah, she's, she's, 
She's I'm sick of people like lumping her in as the best women's wrestlers ever. Like, mm-hmm. good, but like not but, phenomenal. Right. And and Eamon, so they had a knockouts gauntlet match to um to crown a number one contender, which bit of a tired concept. The match wasn't horrible. Uh, we got the debut of um, Chelsea Green from Tough Enough. I don't even remember what her name was on the show because she didn't matter. She didn't matter at all. But here's where my change comes in. Um, Maria said Allie was not allowed to be in the match. And she replaced Allie with Chelsea. Okay. Now, now here's where my change comes in. Uh-huh. Um. If you're going to do something like that, you're kind of telegraphing that the person who's not allowed to be in the match is actually going to win the match. They don't do that. Uh, Gail Kim wins the match in the least surprising thing of all time. And it's going to be Gail Kim versus Maria at Bound for Glory. But how about this? How about this? Because they did a segment right before where Maria was throwing a fake Hall of Fame ceremony for Gail Kim. And... Maria gave her a picture of herself to give to Gal Kim as a joke present. Allie came out and said, like, Allie was with Maria, and she said, oh, Miss Maria, I got Gail a present too because I think she's the best women's wrestler of all time. And Allie came, at, came and gave Gail a present. We never got to see what it is because Maria stole it and stomped on it and all that stuff, and Allie looked crushed. Now, here's what you do. You have Allie sneak into the match away. Like, let's say Maria gets knocked down or something like that. Maria doesn't see what's going on. So Allie can get into the match. Allie lucks into winning the match. And it's Allie versus Maria. And then guess what you do? You have Maria beat down Allie. Like, with her with her splint or whatever. Just give her the, the old Luger running forearm. You have Gail Kim help her up. And you, have, and you have Gail Kim say, Allie, I, I want to commend you for turning against Maria like you did. I'm going to train you. Boom. You, you keep the focus on Gail Kim, which is what you always want to do, TNA. Yeah. You have Gail <laughs> Kim, Kim's protege now. Because she was Maria's protege, now Gail Kim has stolen her and teach and taught her how to wrestle. You can literally do the Rocky storyline with Allie. It works. It entirely but, works on every conceivable level. Gail Kim, get, Gail Kim gets enshrined at the Hall of Fame, and she gets one up on Maria at Bound for Glory. But but Mike. How does this give Gail Kim the knockout title? See, that's the issue. That's the <laughs> issue here. Because Gail Kim needs the knockout title because, I mean, she's the champion. They call her the champion even when she doesn't have the title. So, um, yeah, I agree. Also, also, I watched this on their YouTube channel. I'm assuming this was also on the show, like it, should, it was or whatever. Um, Maria came up to Dixie, and Dixie told her that she talked with Billy. Yeah, it's a conflict of interest for her to be leader of the knockouts anymore, so she doesn't have any power anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, because, yeah, it was, 
you know, it, it was Damn before it. the match because that's when Dixie said we're going to determine your number of contenders. Hold on. Robot it out a second. Uh, what'd you say? I said, I'm assuming it was before the match. No, but that before that. I, I didn't. Oh, the, well, Dixie, Dixie told her that uh, you being knockouts champion is a conflict of interest uh, with you being leader of the knockouts. Mm-hmm. So you don't have any power anymore. Oh, well, that Marie got stripped of her power a couple weeks ago. Right, right. And, and they, but if that's the case, how can Maria tell Allie she's not in the battle royal? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, it's because it's because Allie is subservient and listened. Yeah, I guess. No, I mean, and, and that's I'm okay. I'm okay. That's fine. But that's no, fine. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I I like the way I presented the story better, and it's not yeah. it's not that big of a change. It still does everything they want to do, and it actually listens to the audience. And honestly, Gail Kim training Allie. You can get such cool vignettes from that. They yep. they're trying to do more vignettes that make yep. sense. Just imagine Gail like Allie like Allie chasing a chicken. Okay? Imagine yep. Allie chasing a chicken and Gail Kim, Gail Kim walks in and says, Why are you doing that? <laughs> Why are you doing like perfect? Perfect. Because Allie thinks that's how you trade for a fight. <laughs> I mean, come on, and and you can have you can have um Robert Irvine come in saying, "What are you doing with my chicken?" <laughs> like you even have a celebrity cameo in there. It is perfect. That is Mike, the perfect you, way to do this. Mike, have you sent your writing resume to Billy Corgan? I should. Um, I fucking well should because god damn it, that's a great story. I, and that's the thing I hate the most about this. Is that TNA for the longest time, and and to some TNA fans, and they exist, they still view it as this: is that TNA is the one that actually loves their fans. And and Eamon, you're roboting out a little bit. W just left out our throats or whatever. Actually, listening. Am I back? Uh yeah, you're back. Yeah. Um, the TNA, the 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 thought is. TNA listens to their fans. Mm-hmm. To your fans. You know, if you're actually listening to your fans, Ali's the one to go with. Yeah. To push. Ali's the one. Okay, you're roboting out a little bit again. But I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Like, TNA is supposedly the ones to listen to the fans. And they're not because they're not pushing the ones, the person that the fans are clearly cheering. And I'm pretty sure Eamon completely dropped out. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, um, I'll give another change because, you know, why not? Um, we got to talk about the, uh, the empty arena match uh, between Rockstar Spud and Braxton Sutter. It was not good. Um, I mean, it was a perfectly fine match to watch. I had no idea who was the face and who was the heel in that match. Uh, there are a lot of complicated issues with it. Like, the, first, the fact that this whole segment started on, um, uh, like, one of Impact's sideshows. It didn't even happen on Impact because it was a mistake. Like, that was the whole thing that started this thing. And it happened on an accident. Rockstar Spud became the heel because that's what Rockstar Spud does. 
And um, then for some reason in this match, Braxton Sutter was a total dick. I have no idea why. It doesn't make any sense for his character. Um, he beat Rockstar Spud like a ragdoll. Like, this wasn't The Rock versus McFoley at halftime heat. This wasn't that at all. It was just the beating of Rockstar Spud. Like, it was bad. Uh, Eamon, are you back? No, he's not back yet. Okay, I saw him pop up. But yeah, uh, it was such a... Like, I understand like that they want to take off the turnbuckles for the because that's how Rockstar Spud hurt his jaw. But why did this have to be an empty arena match? I didn't understand that. Um, it's not like these guys have fought in the crowd before. It's not like they fought backstage. If anything, that should be Lashley and EC3. But you can't have your world title main event an empty arena match unless you have plan on no one showing up for the event. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just really odd. I'm going to try and get Amy back in while I'm talking about it a little bit more. But, yeah, it's just really, really wasn't. I don't understand why they did it. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what Amon's other change was, but I, I know he didn't, wasn't able to see this empty arena match because it was, uh, it was not good. Not good at all. Um, all right. So unless I can't get Eamon back here, I'm going I'm going to assume Eamon's ranking for Impact is bottom of the barrel. Number four, if you include the Cruiserweight Classic, and number three, if you don't. Um, maybe be lower. I'm not sure. He might have liked Holy Foley more than I did. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my, my Impact is bottom of the pile. I didn't mind a lot of Impact this week. The Hardy stuff was good. I thought the actual knockouts match was fine. But when you know the result without even being spoiled about it, it does take away a lot from the match. Same thing with the um, the uh, tournament matches. But, uh, yeah, so uh, if, you, if you're looking for me on the internet, you can find me at MadMike4883 on the Twitter machine. Uh, you can also hit up our Facebook group. You can also go to at Mayhem Show. Hit up the hashtag MM for when I get to live tweet impact. Uh, usually on nights where I'm not working. And um, if you want to follow Eamon, uh, hit up at Eamon to please on the Twitter. And also the company he works for, Inspire Pro Wrestling, at InspireProRestock. Uh, at InspireProRest. And um, yeah, so that's going to do it, I think, as long as Eamon's not coming back in here. So uh, until next week, delete. Delete, delete. It's been the mid week war.